So in Romans chapter 5, we're going to look at verse 17. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. The whole chapter is worthy of study and reading and uh, would be good for you to do so. But we're just going to highlight this one verse in this chapter. Verse 17, for if by one man's offense, that one man being Adam's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. So death, we know, came through Adam. Adam was the first man. He is referred to in Scripture as the first Adam. Jesus is referred to as the last Adam. And uh, so Jesus uh, came to fix or restore man back to God and uh, restore what Adam had lost. Adam, of course, sinned, and sin brought death, as it says here. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Death reigned in Adam because of his sin, but because he was the head of the human race, he was the first man, Adam. Because he was the head of the human race in that sense, every man was going to be born of Adam. They'd come out of Adam. So as a result, sin brought death. We know from the New Testament as well that the wages or the penalty for sin is death. There is a penalty for sin, and that penalty is death. And we're talking about spiritual death in that case. But there's also physical death as a result of, physical, uh, of spiritual death. So spiritual death brought physical death and every other curse. Physical death is the last enemy that shall be put underfoot. And so it is an enemy. Physical death is an enemy. God didn't intend for Adam to die spiritually nor physically. But because of his sin, he did die spiritually and eventually died physically. But his sin affected the whole human race. So every man or every woman or every person was affected by Adam's sin. Adam's sin was traced throughout human history. And so every man, every woman, every person that was born into this world was born of Adam. Now there's a lot of explanation I could get into, but when a person is born into this world, the scripture says they're born alive unto God. In other words, when a child is born into this world, even though Adam sinned, they are born alive unto God. Paul said, I was alive apart from the law once, but sin revived and I died. In other words, there's a point in a person's life where they make a decision to sin and they choose that life. Well, as a child, if that baby died, that baby would go to heaven. Why? Because they're born alive unto God. 
God is a fair God. He is a just God. Praise the Lord. All right. So when a person comes to that point or age or time of accountability where they know right from wrong and they choose the wrong, then I was alive apart from the law. But when the law came, sin revived and I died. So then, spiritually, Paul was admitting that that's what happened in his life. But he also preached the gospel and got us out of all of that mess. Amen? Praise the Lord. So that may help you in your understanding because, you know, sometimes there's some confusion in the matter of what happens to a baby or a child that is uh, somehow taken out of life. Uh, They die. And so... Again, in this verse, death comes to every man. It says, for one man's offense, death reigned by one. It is passed to every human being. But, thank God there's a, another part to this verse. How many are glad for the other part? Yeah. Much more. Somebody say much more. Much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So where death reigned, now he says that much more, those who receive the abundance of grace, the grace of God. Now you're saved not by works, but by grace. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So no one can boast of their salvation based on their own achievement or their own good works or their own goodness. But rather, it is totally the grace of God. It is faith in the grace of God. It is faith in the goodness of God. It is faith in the love of God. God so loved the world that he gave His only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So when uh, when a person believes on Jesus, then they're believing in the grace of God. It is not of works. They're believing that Jesus paid the price so that they could receive this grace of God. And the blood of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus has made this grace available to anyone. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Jesus poured out his life unto death. He poured out his soul unto death. Jesus died in our place. So Jesus paid the full penalty for man's sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So eternal life is a gift, again, not earned by your efforts or your works, but simply believing on Jesus Christ. No one is worthy to have eternal life on their own because we've all sinned. But since Jesus paid the penalty for our sin and paid the price for our sin, then uh, that penalty made righteousness and eternal life available. So then when you believe on Jesus, 
much more they which receive the abundance of grace. And it's not a little bit of grace, but abundance of grace. And it takes a whole lot of grace to get us into the kingdom of God. How many are glad for abundance of grace? <laughs> abundance of grace. They which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. So again, in this verse, we see that righteousness is referred to as a gift. And they have, uh, over, uh, if anything, we need to overemphasize that it is a gift. That you can't work for it. You can't do good enough for it. You can't be good enough for it. You can't uh, achieve it by uh, going to church. You can't achieve it even by serving in church. You can only achieve it or receive it by faith. It is the gift of God that is received by grace, the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. So righteousness being a right relationship with God, you receive as a gift. And you receive it the moment you're born again. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So salvation and... uh, Righteousness is received by faith. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So there is no salvation without a confession. What is that confession? Of the long list of your sins? No, the confession that makes you, you can't even remember all of them. Some other people might remember some of them for you. (laughs) I mean, you can repent of sin, yes. You're turning from sin, but your confession that gets you saved is not the confession of 25,000 sins. The confession that gets you saved is believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessing, right? You believe unto righteousness and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Hallelujah. So salvation comes as a free gift. Eternal life comes as a free gift. Righteousness comes as a free gift the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord. At that very moment, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, it doesn't change every day. In other words, if you sin tomorrow, that doesn't mean you're, you're lost out with God. It means that you can confess your sin. And God is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you can receive that mercy and that grace. Amen? Thank God for the mercy of God. Thank God for the grace of God. The grace of God does not stop when you get saved. In your life, it just started as far as your experience of it or your receiving of it. Of course, the grace of God has been around since God. If you can figure out how long that is, don't tell me. You don't know. God's always been. He's always been there, right? 
He's God and he's always God. He's always been God. He's always existed. He didn't have a beginning. He didn't have an end. Praise God. But thank God, redemption had a beginning point. Jesus has redeemed us. Glory to God forever. So much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, we just saw that death reigned in the uh, first part of the verse, that death reigned by this one man, Adam. Death reigned over the human race. But now, he says, since you have received the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, now you reign. What is it? They which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, that's you, shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. So you're reigning now instead of death reigning over you, now you're reigning in life. And, of course, if you look at other translations, it's not just talking about this life that we're living in, but you're reigning in this new life. In other words, you've got some new life on the inside of you, and this life of God is the very substance that made Jesus alive when he was raised from the dead. God's life, eternal life, the life of God came into your spirit And now this life has dominion in it. Adam had dominion until he lost life. He had this life in him. He had the life of God in him, but he died spiritually and he lost his dominion, his place of authority. But when you get born again and you receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness... You shall reign in life, or some translations say, in this new life. Now, you can also apply it in this life that you're living. Because when you get to heaven, you'll have the same new life. But you don't have to reign up there over death. Because there is no death up there. Are you with me? So you're reigning in this new life. You're reigning in this new life, in this present life that you are living. Now, reign means that actually amplified Bible, I'll read it to you. It says, for if because of one man's trespass, lapse, or offense, death reigned through that one man, through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace. Amplified says, you know, it just does what it says, amplifies it. Those who receive God's overflowing grace, his unmerited favor, so we didn't merit it, But it's still overflowing grace. His unmerited favor and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into into right standing with himself. So this righteousness puts you into right standing with God. And he said, they shall reign as kings in life. Through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So you shall reign as kings in life. 
In other words, there is authority that has been dis, uh, distributed to the believers. And you reign as a king. You're not what you used to be. You're a king and a priest unto God. And Jesus is referred to as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So if he's the king of kings, there must be some kings he's kings of, king of. So Jesus is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords and he is the head of the church. And he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. The spiritual powers that are in this world, Jesus spoiled them. Other translations say stripped them of their power or their authority. And so demons and the devil have been stripped of their authority, but they try to dominate nevertheless. And how do they dominate people's lives? Through Through what? Through fear, through lies, through deception. So they try to dominate your life or control your life. And Jesus has come to live on the inside of you. And he has made you a king. And he has given you the authority or he's given you or restored to you dominion. And you have authority to resist the devil. You have authority to resist the devil. The scripture says, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee from you. Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So if you submit to God and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you in due time. But God says that you can resist the devil. In fact, he tells you to resist the devil. So when the devil comes talking to you about your lack of righteousness or your lack of acceptance with God or your lack of approval or your, or your, your mind is saying this negative stuff about you and, and you're not good enough and you don't meet up and you're, you're, just a, you're just a bad person, there's really not much help for you. The devil is a liar. So he lied to you. He'll try to deceive you, try to get you to buy into his lies. And so if we buy into his lies, then he controls us. He dominates us to some degree. But thank God we can start looking to the word and say, God says, hallelujah. You say I'm not worthy, but God says I am worthy. God says that I've been justified. In fact, it says God justified me. And who is he that that condemns you? It is Christ that died and was, what, raised and is at the right hand of the Father doing what? Making intercession for us. So your answer back to the lies of the devil is that God has justified me. When you feel guilty and you feel shameful and you feel like you're just not enough and, 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 and you've done everything you know to do regarding repentance and you've said, God, I'm sorry if you did sin, if you knew you sinned, but you know, the devil will tell you you sinned if you didn't sin. Why? Because he's a liar. 
So he'll, he'll make you feel bad and feel guilty and feel uh, unapproved or disapproved. And God says that you've been, uh, through the blood of his cross, you've been made holy and unblameable and unreprovable. So if God says you're holy and unblameable and unreprovable, then the devil really doesn't have a lot to say that can fight that truth. Amen. But he'll try. He's a liar. He's a liar and the father of lies. So he'll try to get into your mind and put thoughts into your mind and suggestions into your mind and you'll start feeling bad about yourself. But God said you're justified. God says that Jesus is raised. In other words, no one can condemn you because Jesus has been raised and Jesus has died, been raised, and he is at the right hand of the Father and he is saying you are righteous. Hallelujah. And it's through him that you reign in life. Much more those who receive what? The abundance of grace. What is that? That's the grace of God that says that you're accepted now. You're accepted as a believer in Christ. To the praise of the glory of his grace. To the praise, that's the scripture, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, praise God. To the praise. So we just need to start praising God and praising God's grace. When the devil's talking loud, you talk back, hallelujah. And you talk to Jesus and you talk to God and you say, Father, I just want to thank you and I want to give you glory and honor and praise for my right standing with you that I am the righteousness of God. That's one of the ways you reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. You start saying what God said and you start declaring and decreeing what God said. You say what he said and that is the power to resist what the devil said. No lie can stand in the face of the truth. The truth will always win over a lie. Light will always win over darkness if you'll stick with it. Hallelujah. If you'll stick with the truth, the truth, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth of God's word, the truth that God has spoken and he's had written and he's got record of. Hallelujah. That you have eternal life and that you're the righteousness of God and that you're accepted in the beloved and you're bought with a price and you're you're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and, and you are accepted and approved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So you reign as a king. Glory to God. So sometimes you just got to sit on your throne. In your own spiritual consciousness. Hallelujah. In other words, if the devil's trying to hammer you or work against your mind... You just say, well, I'm just going to sit up there with Jesus. Because that's what he said. You've been made alive, Ephesians 2. You've been made alive together with Christ. 
You've been given life together with Christ. Same life that raised Christ from the dead. Same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead gave you life too. You have the same life on the inside of you that God put on the inside of Jesus and raised him up from the dead. And that life caused him to strip principalities and powers and make a show of them. Make a show of them means that he had a parade in downtown hell and let everybody know they are defeated. They're stripped. Glory to God. Hell is forever on notice that Jesus Christ is Lord. So you need to say it with your mouth and say it out loud. Don't just, no, don't whisper, just say it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord. Praise God. Jesus is Lord and he is king of kings and he is Lord of lords and he's the master of all. He is the firstborn from the dead. He is the first man to be raised from the dead. He's the first man to come out of death into life. He was the firstborn from the dead, but he's the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, you're one of the brothers or sisters that are born out of death into life. You came out of Satan's control into God. God's kingdom, hallelujah, into the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. You're in the kingdom of God now, hallelujah, and in the kingdom of God, you've been delivered, praise God. Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom, in him, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin or the remission of sin. So your sins have been remitted and you're in the kingdom of God, and that means your sins are gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your sins are washed away. You're in the kingdom of God today, and you're on the throne. Hallelujah with Jesus thank you Jesus I didn't make this up it's in the Bible hallelujah glory to God hallelujah this is what the Bible says the word of God the living word of God that heaven and earth will pass away but my word will not pass away heaven and earth it's going to pass away but this word of God is going to live through it all when the Heavens and earth do pass away, and they will because he said so. Hallelujah. Then the word of God will live eternally. It's God's eternal word, and it's the word of God that you're born of. You're born of an incorruptible seed, and you have God's seed on the inside of you. You're born of the seed of God. The seed of God is his life because his his life comes from his word. In him was life, and the life... Hallelujah, was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not or overcame it not. Praise God. Praise God. But Jesus is referred to as a word made flesh. Hallelujah. He is the word made flesh. He is the word personified. He is the word of God, the living word of God. And when you look to Jesus, you're going to look to God. And when you look to Jesus, you're going to look to the word. And when you look to the word, you're looking to God and you're looking to Jesus and you're looking to the word and you're looking to the Holy Spirit. They're all eternal. All the rest of this stuff's going to burn up, but... 
this, hey, hey, this stuff you got today is eternal. This life you have today is eternal. It's eternal life. It's God's very own life. It's God's very own nature. It's the nature of God. You have been made a partaker of the divine nature, and you're ruling and reigning in this new life through one Jesus Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you're raised and seated together with Christ. Hallelujah. In Him, in Christ. Colossians 2.9. In Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. All the fullness of the Godhead lives in Jesus bodily. That's not the end of that verse. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete by your union with him. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Jesus again referred to as the head. He is Lord. He is master. He is the one Lord and king that will ever reign. He will forever reign, forever reign. Hallelujah. I mean forever reign. Hallelujah. He will forever reign praise God because that is the word of God and that is the will of God and the father says he's going to reign forever hallelujah and he will reign as king of kings hallelujah God is on your side praise the Lord Jesus praise the Lord Jesus praise the Lord Jesus praise the Lord Jesus God is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Thank you, Jesus. Now we're going to go to Ephesians. We'll go to Ephesians chapter 1, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're in Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to begin with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be. We need to be blessing him. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's God, but he's Father. He's God to Jesus, but he's Father to Jesus. He's God to you. He's the Almighty God, but he's Father. You're an heir of God and would join heir with Jesus. God has become your Father. And he has sent forth his spirit of his son in our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with a few spiritual blessings. I said, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He has blessed us with all. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places 
in Christ. So where are you in heavenly places in Christ? You're here seated on this pew, but spiritually you're in heavenly places in Christ. Spiritually, you're raised and seated together with Christ. Spiritually, you rule and reign with Christ. Rather than seeing yourself so much after the flesh, see yourself after the Spirit. See yourself in Christ. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, spiritual blessings also translate into natural blessings. Spiritual blessings affect everything. So he's blessed us with all. Everybody say all. All All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According, verse 4, as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So God chose you in Christ. Jesus is referred to as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So if God has something in mind, it is so factual that it is already true before it occurs. If God has something in mind, he had a plan, and he had it in his mind that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And God chose you. God chose you in him. Glory to God. Chose you in him before the foundation of the world. So God was thinking about you before you were thinking about him. He was thinking about you before you were even born. He was thinking about you from the foundation of the world. He is God. And the, thank you, Jesus. So what is in this plan? He's... You're chosen in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. This is the love of God. God was choosing you in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world. And he chose you that you should be holy and without blame. As I quoted earlier in Colossians, it says that through the blood of his cross, and then you skip down, verse 2, and you see that he has made you holy, unblameable, unreprovable in his sight. So God had a plan for it before the foundation of the world. In his mind, it was as good as done. Because God makes a plan, he also fulfills it. Thank you, Jesus. So God 
chose you in him that you should be without blame, holy and without blame before him in love. I'll give you another scripture while we're just here. Ephesians 4.24 says, and that you put on the new man, which after God, that's your spirit man, your inner man, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So true holiness, holiness is something that comes from the inside. So many times people have struggled with holiness. But true holiness comes from the inside. It comes from who you are in Christ, who God made you to be. And you put on this new man. You wear this new man like clothes. So get up in the morning and say, I'm putting on my new man. I'm putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. In other words, you are putting on some spiritual life for display, for demonstration of Christ. He has chosen us to be without blame before him in love. The love of God is so rich and so beyond what we have conceived that he chose you and he knew what you would do. He knew what sin would do in human lives. But he still chose us to be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his will. According to the good pleasure of his will. God planned it. God worked it out in Christ. God made it so in Christ. And God made it so in us. Which thing is true in him is true in us. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace. So we ought to be thanking God for grace. Praising God for his grace. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us, wherein he hath made us. How did he do it? Through his grace. How did grace become available? Through Christ Jesus. Through his death. Through his resurrection. Wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. So he's saying you're accepted in Christ. If you're accepted, that means you're approved. If you're approved, then that means you're righteous. Because that's his standard. And his standard we couldn't meet on our own. We couldn't become by ourselves through our own efforts or good works. 
So it had to come through Jesus. Verse 7, in whom, in Christ, we have redemption. Purchased by the payment of a price, we have redemption through his blood. Through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. So you have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. According to the riches of his grace, so through his blood, you have forgiveness of sins and you have redemption. The price has been paid. The price has been paid. Jesus paid it all. And he didn't halfway pay it. He didn't just pay it for some people. He paid it for everybody. And it's the riches of his grace that gives us this gift of righteousness. The gift of 